Chapter 11 The Pothole Caper I woke up in the morning to find the gnome on the front porch with a pot of flowers that Matteo bought when he went out to buy pastries. How long must I endure that thing? And Matteo likes it. I made a point later of hiding it by some tall grass out in a far common space at the end of the driveway. You can barely see it, Matteo said. That is the point, my dear. I barely want to see it. He carried it back to the porch. I moved it back to the yard. And so it went on. My family was eager to meet Matty, my term of affection for him, and to see what I had gotten into in Italy. So my daughter came to visit with her family. Matteo set up a birthday celebration for my daughter at Alvaro's on the beach in Bianco. I invited Glenda, who was feeling isolated. Her following was dwindling into just a few inhabitants of the oasis. Roxy had demonstrated some jealousy as I got closer to Matty, so seemed to keep her distance from me socially. Their rivalry wasn't any concern of mine, not yet anyway, as I was distracted by love in an exotic land. Who wouldn't be? Also, it was a joyous occasion for my daughter and I. The party consisted of mainly my family, with the addition of Glenda and Matty. Alvaro's is on the beach and is run by the family. Why no one else had thought to open a place like this along this coastline beats the hell out of me. There was glorious seafood, nothing but, fresh out of the sea the day that you eat it. If Alvaro is up early enough and not suffering with a hangover, then off he goes in his little boat and sometimes hits it big with fresh tuna on the menu. Guests look on the table nearest the door to see the fresh catch and grab a seat before it's devoured. There are no windows in Alvaro's, no pretense, basic everything, but you get to eat the most delicious and freshest pastas and seafood that you'd ever had in your life. Whilst the heat wafts through the door, you keep cool, drinking very chilled locale. Everyone loves the place where you can enjoy a lunch on the weekend that lasts for hours. Matty took the kids away and returned with exploded confetti and horns, creating a big ruckus for the birthday bash. Happy birthday! As the day progressed, no one was feeling any pain. Hours later after the lunch, we decided to all go home whilst we could. Glenda drove herself and took off first in her Toyota four-wheel drive, as was her usual habit. Shortly after she left, the rest of us piled into a couple of cars with Matty driving my Mercedes. Upon entering the town of Bianco from the beach, we noticed a commotion ahead and people gathered around an obstruction in the road. Slowing down to look at the cause, there was Glenda standing there in the road gesturing to the locals with waving hands whilst a car sat nosedived in a pothole. Matteo stopped our convoy and jumped out of the car. He ran over to Glenda and, using his grand Italian gestures, ordered her into our car. He stayed looking at the vehicle and I could see him circling the car in the pothole. He smacked his forehead. The car had broken its axle in the pothole and had to be hauled out. He had words with another nearby friend amongst the crowd, raced back to the car and drove our drunken crew off. Glenda was too drunk to care and was promptly taken home. Once in the car, he immediately got on the phone. I heard the words carabinieri and subito. Apparently, the haste was to make sure that we were all gone before the carabinieri arrived and found out who was driving the vehicle. Once home, the rest of us collapsed in a heap on the couch. The next morning, Glenda, now sober, wants to know where her car is. 
She insists that we take her to her vehicle. Matteo refuses to drive her to the car and asks her to wait. In the kitchen, he confides to me that he will take us, but she may not be able to see her vehicle. I say, please, Matteo, to keep her quiet, just drive us to the car. He concedes, but as we pass the spot where the pothole was, there is only fresh laid, flat, black asphalt. No vehicle, no construction signs, just a dark patch on the road. Matteo takes us to a local motor repair, but they tell Glenda that her car is too damaged to repair. My mind is reeling. How did Matteo arrange that? Free of police involvement or incident? It seemed like business as usual for him. My family was so confused that they assumed this was how Italy operated. Truth is, they were right. As we returned home, I could see the garden gnome in the grasses as the ocean breezes blew the fronds back and forth. I felt like he was watching us. Just a matter of time, I thought, and he's out. Matteo was overjoyed to introduce me to his family. His parents were farmers, so were his grandparents. They had lived in the area for as long as any of them could remember. The bond between Italian families, though it might seem cliché, is ironclad, and they were as close as any Italian family could be. Eventually, I found out that all priorities lean with the family, and Matteo was the firstborn. His woman must understand that. Even though I wasn't Italian, they liked me, but seemed to wonder why I was in Bova. Matteo was a catch for any local woman, but since he had succeeded abroad and had gained his 15 minutes of fame, they were sure that this was how he managed to gain my affection and why he was interested in me, a foreign film producer. Everything about Matteo and I was mysterious, and I didn't ask too many questions. The language barrier made sure of that anyway. I wasn't sure of anything with Matteo except that he was completely in love. It was his definition of love that was a mystery to me. As our relationship progressed, I realized that Matteo was immature in the way a relationship has to flow. When he said he would turn up or meet me, he had no follow through. I would prepare for him to arrive and be left at home or in town sitting at a restaurant. Amongst apologies, I would hear how he would have got very busy or agree to drive his mother into Reggio and forget. If this was going to last, he had to be educated. I was fed up. One time, I had actually left the USA. He just found me gone this time. I planned to tell him prior, but he just couldn't be pinned down. Eventually, he learned that if he continued to be unreliable, I would not be there. Sometimes passion needs guidelines. 